previously on Growing Up Gilmore. It's just so dumb. You look at Luke, look at him. <laughs> look. It's that feeling where, like, oh. Her heart, like, sank into her butt for sure. It's called jealousy, Lorelai. Mm hmm. You know how many to- times I've told you not to ring a bell? <laughs> yeah. So clearly she's not in trouble with Lorelai. <laughs> <laughs> Secondhand embarrassment I feel for her in this moment. I. Oh. It is so cringy. Hello, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. This week, we are discussing Season 2, Episode 8, The Ins and Outs of Inns. This is um, a hard one for people who genuinely like Lorelai, <laughs> but a fun one for people who love Rory and Jess. Yep. And... I think we get to see like a little bit of like a balance, balancing act between the girls in this episode. Like one is kind of outweighing the other, like this weird emotional weight kind of thing. Um, So is this kind of like, is ins and out of ins sort of the kill me now of season one? I don't know. Yeah, you know, let's... I'm going to make a note, because we should talk about that at the end here. But I... I do think this episode has its, like, great moments. But overall, it's one that I would skip. You know, if I was, like... When I watch through it all, I don't skip it. But, like, if I was, like, trying to get to the point, I would skip this one. Yeah. So, I don't know, but we're tackling it anyway, so. Okay. Um, Elise, what is the, who is the writer and director for this episode? So, the writer is Dan Palladino. Okay. Um, And this is the director, or sorry, the director is Michael Kettleman. (laughs) My boy, Michael. Yeah, and it is his last episode. He's going to direct. So um, I did prepare a passage for Michael (laughs) from a poem titled Michael by William Woodsworth. This is from the 1800s. Okay. I'll just read a passage because it's actually really long. A pleasurable feeling of blind love, the pleasure which there is in life itself. His days had not been passed in singleness. His helpmate was a comedy matron, old, through younger than himself, full 20 years. She was a woman of a stirring life, whose heart was in her house, two wheels she had, of antique form, this large for spinning wool, that small for flax, and if one wheel had rest, it was because the other was at work. The pair had but one inmate in their house, an only child who had been born to them, when Michael telling o'er his years began <laughs> to deem that he was old in a shepherd's phrase. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll what miss you, Michael. What inspired you to look that up? Um, because I know you like Michael. 
So I was like, I should probably, like, we, read a poem. We have a proper send-off for Michael Cattleman. Yeah, I literally thought of it on my drive here, and I sat in your parking lot, and I was like, Michael, poem. And that was what pulled up. <laughs> and I was like, dang, this is really long, so I just found the one no, that mentioned Michael. That so. was great. I definitely can tell the woman in that poem is me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah. our last Michael Cattleman and another Dan Palladino. So let us get started. We've seen episodes with these two before, and they've been great episodes. So maybe maybe we're just jumping the gun on not liking it and not looking at Yeah, there's parts I like. Yeah. I like it better than Kill Me Now, for sure. Oh, I pretty much like... All of season seven more than Kill Me Now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's... That's extreme. <laughs> we open this episode at Friday Night Dinner, and it's just the Gilmore Girls. They are discussing how miserable Richard is in Akron, Ohio. Um, he was sent there to fix some problem, and it sounds like he's being treated pretty miserably. I'm sure it's fine. He's just being... Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. But I think that we know this... He is aware that he's being phased out. So part of me wonders if it really is miserable. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, a step to them phasing him out. Yeah, it's, like, the job no one wants to do. Right, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But rory says that it makes her sad that he's miserable and emily says yeah i have an idea for something that would make him feel better and she presents rory with this idea to have an oil painting done of her for his study to go above his mantle and we find out that lorelei was supposed to have an oil painting done or she did have an oil painting done and it took three painters to do it because she kept scowling no they never did it they never did it because she kept scowling (laughs) yeah they all quit but there is an oil painting of them so maybe this was at a different time maybe she was younger but (laughs) um or perhaps it was just an oil painting of her yeah and that's why maybe it just gave her a picture like Mm -hmm. a picture of Lorelai yeah but I I would not want to sit for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand why Emily, like, believes that's something Richard would love. Yeah. Mm. But I, Lorelai's like, you don't have to do that. Don't make her do that. And Emily says, just because you were miserable during yours doesn't mean that Rory is going to be miserable during hers. Lorelai has this habit that we all know and sometimes love where she keeps talking and talking and talking and emily at one point tells her or asks her would you like me to put a mirror in front of you so you can carry on this conversation with yourself and i was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) and then she goes on and on and on and on and on again at the end of this conversation and emily like pounds the salt on the table mm-hmm. and I part of me is wondering if maybe that's something she would do during Lorelai's childhood if they had like guests over or whatever like that was the signal to Lorelai to like straighten up yeah and behave without having to say anything or draw attention to the situation yeah 
But I think also there's just people like that who will, Mm -hmm. they let you know how they feel by Mm. how they set things down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, Lorelai knew right away what that was Mm because she immediately was like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) So all we know so far in this episode is that Rory is going to be painted and that Richard is miserable. Yep. So they're still building that up. I think it's good that even when he is not present, they are still prepping us, preparing us for what ultimately is going to happen. So it's good writing on Dan's part. Yeah. Go Dan. Yeah. Thank you for not having Emily tell Nazi jokes. <laughs> All right, we are back at Luke's diner, and Luke and Lorelai are seated at one of the diner tables. And we were thinking back, and I can't really recall a time where he and Lorelai sat at the diner together and were talking. Usually it's like she's at the counter and he's Mm -hmm. standing, or he's pouring her coffee and they're talking, and... This had much more of a, what did you say, an intimate feel to it? Yeah, it felt like intimate. Yeah. Because it's his business. Right. Uh, The only time we've seen them, well, I mean, when she went over there to help him pick out paint colors. Right, right. They were on the floor together on all fours. I'm back. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it. It did have a different feel to it. And I think part of it is because she's looking to him for guidance and help to open the inn and what to do for that. And I think I know she genuinely trusts Luke and his advice. Mm -hmm. But I can't tell if it's like a I'm coming to you because you're my friend and that's all I want this to be. Or I'm coming to you because you're my friend and I'm also still putting out feelers for more. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I feel like right now it feels very like, I don't know. The only reason why I think the latter is because at the end of their meeting, he says, now you're going to write this off, right? Because Mm -hmm. we were talking business. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm not going to write this off. I'm not paying for it. Mm-hmm. And that was like kind of a flirtatious thing yeah. to say. Um, also, I could just be really overreading it. And that's <laughs> very possible, too. It was like... It it's was their usual, yeah. their usual banter. Yeah, it's hard to like... I think for the most part, she just... it It is out of... I think I'm really impressed by how you did this on your own, Luke. Mm -hmm. Show me the the ropes. Yeah, because we do find out that Luke started the diner completely on his own. Mm -hmm. His father didn't have a checking account when he started the hardware store. So Luke kind of had to learn everything completely by scratch, from scratch. And she's impressed by that. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of in a similar situation with a few different, you know, yeah, whatever. But I, I think this her getting to know Luke at, at this level is strengthening her feelings about him mm-hmm. overall. Yeah, but we do get to see Jess. He's pouring coffee, and then 
he tells Luke that it's 745 and that he needs to go to school. And that's, you know, they have their little back and forth banter. But Lorelai was so rude to him. To Jess? Yeah. Why? What did she say? She had that condescending tone. Oh. When he's like, I'm not. She's like, how are you? And he's like, I'm not bleeding. And she's like, well, that's great or whatever. Oh, yeah. And the look yeah. on her face. I was like, oh. She. It, I don't know if Lorelai ever comes around to Jess. Yeah. Ever. Like, even in the revival. I don't think yeah. she thinks highly of him. And. It's weird. It's really strange because how different is he from who she was as a kid? Like a rebel, you know? And who she ends up with. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. The the judgmental stuff from Lorelai is kind of hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, it's... So... I don't like it. (laughs) I know. I know. But that's... uh, We should discuss what she named the property. Oh, correct. I did write that down and I already forgot. (laughs) (laughs) So... Luke asks her if she has a property in mind. And she says, yes. And you've seen it already. It's the Rachel property, which tells us it's the dragonfly. Mm -hmm. And Luke kind of looks at her like, you know, why are we still calling it the Rachel property? And she's like, oh, well, you know, she took the picture and I was with her at the property. So it just became Rachel's property. And that's that. Um, I don't understand why she still needs to call it Rachel's property because Rachel is no longer in the picture. She could just call it the dragonfly, you know, that place that Rachel took pictures of. Yep. And he's like, ah, you can just, you know, call it whatever you want. And I don't know if that was Lorelai putting out feelers to see if he was still hung up on Rachel yeah, I don't know. She's so hard because sometimes I think that she is, well, she is one of those people who don't, they don't think before they speak. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I I want to give her credit for, she doesn't think before she speaks, but I do think she thinks a lot about what she wants to say, mm-hmm. like, before she's even in the situation. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to Luke and he's probably going to ask where this is and I'm going to tell him it's the Rachel property and if and then gauge his reaction to see how does he react to me saying Rachel's name or, you know, is he going to want me to call it something else because he's still hung up on Rachel or you know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And that's relatable. (laughs) Yeah, that's very relatable. A lot of people, not most people. I don't I have no idea what most people do, but. I think I've certainly thought about what I've wanted to say before I said it. Oh, yeah. No, I. it's funny because before COVID, I kind of felt like everyone lived so differently and had different outlooks on things or, you know, processed things differently. And there was no one in the world that did anything like I did. And then when we were all trapped indoors and people started making TikToks about how they think about things or how they process things. And I sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are other people out in the world that think about things the same way I do. Mm -hmm. So it's, 
it makes the world feel very small. (laughs) (laughs) But I think... Connected. Exactly. That's a better way of looking at it. Connected. And I do think that Lorelai is someone who probably is processing things all the time. Sure. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know what? I'm just going to say it. If she did think about putting that Rachel thing out there, kind of cool. I mean, that is a clever way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. If she actually, like, planned that. Because, like, if he, like, recoiled, then she'd be like, oh, he's still hung up on her. Because, like, he seemed like he did not care. He just seems so, like, beyond flattered. And I hate saying flattered because I think usually that sounds kind of like, oh, I'm so flattered. Yeah. I hate that. But he seems, like, beyond the moon that she went for help, like asked for asked for his help. Yes, she is seeking him out for advice, and he's like, "Yay, someone sees it." You know, I am I am good at things. You know, yeah. it's so cute to see him have that smile on his face. I'm sorry, I agree. I, just, I agree because it's like you are cool, Luke. You're super cool, man. You have things to contribute to people's lives, and you made like a good life for yourself, and you did that on your own. Yeah. 100% on your own. That's, like, really impressive. And that's kind of the first time we see um, parallels between Luke and Lorelai. Yep. Like, they're both, they both have this life because they did it on their own. Yep. And I think that is something that Lorelai really values in her relationship with Luke. Mm-hmm. Is that they are both go-getters. They both know what they want. And they do it how they want it. They they do things how they want to do them. Exactly. Yep. They're not waiting for other people to do it for them. Yep. And they're not going by whatever, what people, other people want either. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that you can even say that with Jess. Like, Lorelai said, it's going to be hard. You're not going to want him. And he's like, I'm doing this. Yep. And he is doing it. Mm-hmm. And she did the same thing with Rory. And it's commendable Mm -hmm. for both of them. So I think this is kind of a nice moment for the viewer to see, the audience to see. They're coming from different backgrounds, yes, but their growth has been the same. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think that Lorelai asking for help is great. Um, Mm -hmm. I think most people should ask for help <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. You know, you kind of just do need that, but, or advice or direction. Or, mm-hmm. But I don't, it, I think it's funny because remember, and remember when like Luke, when she wanted to, you know, she wanted to give him help with Jess yeah. and he didn't want to take it. Yeah. I do think that's kind of rude. That he didn't want to take it? Yeah. Sure. Where how we see, because that would make Lorelai feel nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think this is me playing devil's advocate. I think he didn't want that advice because of the way she, she presented it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think she approached it. With like, a know-it-all. With, as a know-it-all. Where yeah. Luke is approaching this as like, oh, I'm just doing what I, I figured help, out yeah. on my own. and I want to help you because you're, at, you know, I'm not gloating or mm-hmm. I'm not going to rub it in your face that you're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. 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 And I that's think probably it. I think that's why they balance each other out. Yeah. Because Luke is more of a 
he's an inner softy. Mm-hmm. And I think he is very sensitive about how he does things or processes things. And Lorelai is more like a, we're going to buckle down and get this done no matter what. And he wants time to process and think about what the best way is to handle it or, you know, yeah. what I mean. He's so. he's very logic. Yes. Yes. Very logic. And she is just like, we're going with this because it's the first thing that came to my mind and that's what we need to do. Yep. And it's like, or sort of her passion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think. Yeah. So I think that's think why or, they're like. Uh, act and think later. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they're a good team. Yeah, me too. But I also think that's why they're not a good team. Me too. <laughs> no, the, they're, they're a great team. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> we are at the Independence Inn, and Suki and Lorelai are discussing names for their inn. Um, they throw around, like, the Country Rose or... Um, what are some other ones? <laughs> they like escaped my mind almost immediately. The country slicker? Oh, the Paul Revere. Okay. All these different things. And then Michelle comes in and they tell him, oh, we're just discussing names for the inn. And he goes, why don't you call it the money pit? And says, you know, after two years, most businesses fail. And Lorelai and Suki agree that if it fails after two years, then it was the best two years ever. So I can tell this is like an they're all in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, Michelle actually brought in something for Lorelai and she takes a look at it and it's the deed for <laughs> the Rachel property. And it turns out that it's owned by Fran, the little lady who works at the Weston Bakery. And they're like, oh, this is great. Like, we can go meet with her and ask her about the property. And then Suki's like, we could call it Fran's old place. Or we could call it the Inn Inn. Or, you know, she keeps going and going and going. Um, I love seeing the, the genuine excitement. And it actually kind of reminds me of when we started talking about mm-hmm. doing a podcast. And, like, the fun of coming up with a name and, you know, all of the ideas that we have for it and where we want it to go. And it is an exciting time. But there are logistics that have to be figured out, mm-hmm. too. So that's where I think the two of them have a hard time is with those logistics. Well, it's hard, too, because it's like you start as friends. So it's like... Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different when you do business. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a lot different. It is. Yeah. Fortunately for us, um, there is no business yeah. with this. <laughs> <laughs> we just do this for fun. It's a hobby. Yes. So we appreciate all of the people who listen because it's fun for us. And it's fun to see that other people enjoy it, too. Mm-hmm. But... After the end scene, we have a very short scene with Taylor walking down the sidewalk. And as he is approaching the market, there is um, police tape up and like a chalk outline of a body. And there's no one around. It's just Taylor. And he looks absolutely disturbed that this is in front of his market. Because (laughs) if it's going to happen to anybody... 
It's got to happen to Taylor. <laughs> and as an audience member, having seen the show a million times, we know that it's Jess that yeah. orchestrates this whole thing. And I don't know. Elise had asked, how did he get the police tape? Yeah. Because... It Nowadays, was, it'd be yeah, easy. It just pop on Amazon. Yeah. But back then, I can't imagine it would be that easy. And Well, like, they did have Amazon back then. but They did, but I think it was mainly books at that point. Yeah, it wasn't like what it is now. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting to think about how he would have yeah. <laughs> obtained police tape. Um, but, you know, who knows? He's a teenage boy. Yeah. It could come from anywhere. <laughs> but it this is a great introduction to Jess. Like a full introduction to his character. More so than we've had already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Stars Hollow is a little slow sometimes. So it's nice to spice it up a little bit with a fake murder scene. <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai is sitting at the bakery and Suki rushes in and she apologizes for being late. And Lorelai says, I had two pieces of carrot cake and a rum ball while I was waiting for you. Oh my gosh, she was really late. (laughs) (laughs) Or she scarfed it. Or she scarfed it. I don't know. Um, I like to think that she didn't for time's sake, Mm -hmm. but. Uh, Suki goes into this whole ordeal about, I'm so sorry, I realized I was serving a similar dessert that I had served last week on the same night, and I want to make sure that the regulars that come in every week on this night get to experience something different. And, I mean, that's a a great answer Mm -hmm. and a great way to solve a problem. And Lorelai's like, you're a perfectionist, and that's why I can't wait to do this with you. And she says this... But the tone doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Mm-mm. And that is frustrating when you are trying to do something together and the other person is late, i.e. usually me. <laughs> I am usually late. And uh, it's a horrible thing. But I can tell that there's like an air of frustration with Lorelai here. They kind of push it aside because Fran comes to the table and says, you know, how is everything? Are you girls doing okay? And they ask Fran to sit down with them so they could talk to her for a moment. And she sits down and has like these oohs and aches and talks about her hip and her angina and all this stuff. <laughs> angina. Angina. She's did talking I, about did her- I not say nope. angina? If I was a listener and I was like halfway listening, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I'm going to trust that our listeners are whole listening, okay. not half listening. <laughs> but I don't know. Well, not half listening, but you know. I know moving what you around mean. And- yeah, totally. Um, so just enjoy that for what it was. Because I, for a second, was like, oh my god, did I say the other thing? No. <laughs> um, and she's like, you didn't come here to listen to me gripe, so what can I help you with? And they basically say that they want to start their own inn and that they're looking at purchasing the dragonfly and they're ready to make her an offer right now. And Fran looks at them and she's like, you would be so successful and it would be so great for the two of you to open an inn, but I'm not selling the dragonfly. And they're like, why not? And she says, I have no 
kids. I have no grandkids. That was my parents' business, and I'm the last Weston, so I plan on op- I plan on owning it forever and ever and ever. And it goes into this awkward conversation where Lorelai's like brings up death. Yeah, but doesn't say death no. <laughs> explicitly. So there's this awkward back and forth between what happens when we've reached for when you've reached forever and it's just sitting there and 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 she's like I'm not quite sure I know what you mean. And then she's like what if you take like a long vacation? And she's like, "Oh, I don't like vacations. I don't go on vacations." And Suki's like, "A really long vacation." She's like, "To Europe?" <laughs> and it's like, "Can you just say what happens when you die?" She's like, "Eventually, we're all going to be taking the the same long, long vacation." vacation. <laughs> yeah. And it it boils down to she just can't sell it and she won't. And Suki and Lorelai look pretty devastated. Yeah, she looks pretty ancient, so they don't have to wait that long. I know. Well, but, but you yeah, know what? Like, it's easier to get her to sell it to you. Small towns, like some the older like generation in a small town, they are there for a very long time. Yep. And that's great because you do need people to share like the history of the town and things like that, but. Let's make room for new things to grow in the town, too. Yeah. And this is a great well, this example is a, of that. Yeah, and this is, like, keeping it in in line with its original vision. Right. This isn't, like, someone buying it and putting it up. And knocking it down and building something barn, else. You know? Right. Yeah. It's, like, wouldn't you want it to be used for its original purpose? And it would be the same structure that your parents had. Mm-hmm. But... I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I I'm know. not sentimental over a property, so. She is wearing a sweater, a huge <gasps> sweater with a big squirrel on it. I love it. I know. I want it. I know my students would see that and be like, you have a squirrel sweater on, Miss Amy? That's so weird. <laughs> it reminds me. And I'm not trying to brag right now because it's, like, annoying, whatever. But <laughs> I was working downtown Minneapolis, like, I don't know, eight years ago. And I worked at a coffee shop and I had a dress on and like it was a mullet dress, you know? Oh, sure. And it was really windy that day. And I'm walking, walking to go across the crosswalk. And then there's a guy walking this, you know, the other direction towards me. Okay. And the wind was like, it was very like cinematic. And the guy like got down on his knees and like bowed to me. And he, (laughs) he had a squirrel on his shirt. With an outfit on, like like a what? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. That squirrel just brought me back to that moment. That is so weird. It was one of the weirdest things that I was like, "What the hell just happened?" I would think <laughs> about that probably every day of my life. <laughs> it was very odd. I mean. Squirrels are odd. Yeah. So maybe it's just like a squirrel person thing. Yeah. To be weird. I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know. I like that that squirrel sweater, though. Me too. It was cute. (laughs) It was very cute. I'm going to look it up after this and see how much it is, because it's probably a vintage piece at this point. Who knows? I don't know if we could find that. That was like... mm. It didn't look handmade. 
So I think you, we probably could find it. Like at the dress barn? Oh my God, the dress barn doesn't even exist anymore. I think what? they filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> Sad. I know. You can't. Oh my God, I forgot to mention this. Um, in the last episode, I forgot that my mom was actually in a fashion show for like a, a store in like Coon Rapids. <laughs> Awesome. It was. My brother and I went and like stood. It was, they had no like heightened runway, a lifted runway. It was just walking through the store. Yeah. And my brother and I went and I like took pictures for my mom. It was really cute. But I don't know. So anyway, um, but yeah, so Fran says, no, I'm not selling it. You can't have it. And she says, oh, you look so sad. Would you two like a cupcake? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, <laughs> that's where it ends. They get a cupcake and yep. they are pretty much back to square one because we are at the dress barn. At the dress barn. Looking for that squirrel sweater. I'm looking sweater. for this squirrel, squirrel sweater while I'm sitting here. Like, I gotta have it. Where do I find it? And Just put squirrel clothing. Squirrel clothing, please. I know. I know. I found it. What do you... No. Did you? Yeah, I did. This Let is it, right? <gasps> it's an anthropology sweater. Sure, of course. No Full way. Circle. No way. I refuse to me. believe. I refuse to believe it's an anthropology sweater. Oh my god, it is. No Why is Fran wearing anthropology? <laughs> <laughs> She's oh swanky. My gosh. She probably was like, what is this place? And then she was like, I don't like any of this stuff. And then she ran into the squirrel sweater and she's like, perfect. Oh my this gosh. This will match my squirrel shoes. I how much is it? Okay, so I can find it on Poshmark. Somebody has it on Poshmark and it's $42. Ooh, what size? It's probably an extra small. Oh, I think it's gone. Oh wait. Okay, here it is. $45. Wait a second. You can get it up from an extra extra small to an extra extra large. Okay. Wait. Send me that link. This is not a reliable website. Oh, Hold on a it. second. Hold on. I'm going to find it. I'm determined. People that are listening right now do not care, though. <laughs> so if you're interested in the squirrel sweater, we'll if I find up. it, yeah. I'll link it down below. <laughs> Somebody should own it. But that's where it ends. Now we're on the hunt for a squirrel sweater, and they're on the hunt for a new property. Yeah, I feel like ours There's will be easier to find. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who care, I did find the sweater. <laughs> I found it on eBay. So if you're interested in the squirrel sweater, just do a search for the Anthropology Vintage Squirrel Sweater and you will find it. And how much is it? <clears throat> it was going for $70 on eBay. I really want it. I, I want, know. Me too. I want it to be my goal outfit to get into. <laughs> so bad people are like oh what an interesting look and you're like thanks i've been yeah. working really hard to get it's into this outfit. journey yeah anyway we are with lane and rory and they're chatting back and forth um discussing uh lane 
has someone at school that's trying to befriend her. And she's like, I'm not interested. And they... It's like Jane Ertman. Yeah, Jane Ertman. Didn't they mention her? In what episode? Um, She's the... The one that made her do the cheerleading tryout? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good memory. Yeah. Good job. Just remembered it. Yeah. I mean, it is like an unusual name, too. Yeah. But... Jane and Lane, they can't be friends. (laughs) Can't. No, it's not going to happen. No. And they stumble upon the police cars are all lined outside of Taylor Dozie's market. And they approach and Dean is there and they're like, what's going on? And Dean's like, I don't know. I came to work today and this is what I found. And I tried to tell them that I think it's fake, but they're acting like it's serious. And the cop talks to Taylor and she's like, we're on the lookout for who could have done it, but we're not really coming up with anything. Rory happens to look outside of the crowd and sees Jess leaning up against a light pole, kind of watching everything happen. Mm -hmm. And she pieces together that he did it. Yeah. And he looks at her. Yeah, and he's got that, like, shit-eating grin on his face that I just love. And she kind of gives no, like, visual acknowledgement that she, like, thinks it's funny or that she is annoyed or whatever. She pretty much stays pretty, like, stale. What do you call it? Stalemate? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. I mean, she does seem annoyed when he, like, leaves. Mm-hmm. You know? She looks like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dick. I think part of her is, like, this is so annoying. Like, this is very childish. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know she thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's funny. And I'm, like, twice her age in this I know. episode. <laughs> I would have sparked. I would have been like, dang. I know. This guy's fun. Uh... Do you think, okay, here's the question, Amy. Okay. Or do okay. you have the question? No, I don't. Go for it. Do you think this was just doing this for Rory? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. This wasn't just to piss off Dozie. I think it was to, like, mess around with the town, but I also think it was, like, I'm putting myself on Rory's radar by doing this. Yep. Again. Because they haven't had a connecting moment since the book thing. hmm So this is his way of, like... A grand gesture kind like of a, thing. Like, keep me on your radar. Mm-hmm. Or Don't forget I'm here. It's a peacocking. Yes. And do you think she didn't have a reaction because Dean was there? Mm. No. Because if she would have <clears throat> reacted in some way, you don't think Dean would have noticed? Well, he was behind her. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I think she just... <sighs> doesn't her sense of humor is a little tough right now yeah and i think she's really heavily influenced by lorelei's disdain for him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i would agree with that i think she's just kind of following the trend of lorelei because it's easier to do that mm-hmm. and than, the town kind of too yeah it's like i'll just follow suit because that's easier than like taking the time to get to know him mm-hmm and I don't know. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if this was just an actor's choice, you know, mm-hmm. not to show that. Yeah. 
Because I've thought about I've thought about things about roles that I did in like my early twenties where I'm like, man, if I could have played that now, yeah, for sure, I would have played that like differently. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she got direction to. Maybe they were just like, that's fine, that's great. Yeah, you seem yeah. annoyed. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I think it does. I think she also is different than Lorelai in that she has a lot of barriers up with people especially I think around men and I think that probably goes back to having daddy issues for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. but I think some of that like uncomfortableness with Dean in the beginning and now with Jess I think that all stems from just having issues trusting men Mm -hmm. and And if you're not around them a ton. Right. Right. I mean, it took her a long time to open up to Dean. Yeah. So I think that could be part of it. And I also think she's like, this guy is so different. Yeah. From everyone else here. And maybe that's intriguing to her, too. Yeah. I mean, she could be looking at this and being like, is this him is he like a sociopath or something yeah <laughs> or, who knows right. like she maybe she doesn't know well she doesn't know him yet yeah like she doesn't know the sense of humor or whatever but then when she sees him smirk i mm-hmm. mean yeah I you can know. draw your own conclusions but she's smart though she's read so many books where i'm like do you is she wondering if this is about her at all i do I, wonder if there's like that inner like tug of war like, is he trying to pull me towards him? Yeah. Or should I stay with what my mom's saying and that he's, like, not a good guy? Yeah. You know? And I think it feels so stereotypical for a young teenage girl to have that, like, inner tug of war going on. But at the same time, it's about damn time something happened with Rory. hmm Like, she needs to have a struggle. Yeah. Beyond school. Yes. Because that... It gets to a point where you're like, oh, Chilton is hard. Okay, we've been through this for a season and a half now. Like, you're getting over Dean. Okay, well, you get back together. So all of those episodes where you were wallowing meant nothing. And it's like, I want something to happen to her that is just her story. Yeah. Where this is like where I mean it is honestly where story Rory's story does become very fun. Yeah, I agree. And then and I think Gilmore Girl. I like love Lorelai. You know, I like love that mm-hmm. woman, and I love Luke and her story and all of that. But I'd say that you for this show, it you need both storylines to be interesting. You do. And I would even go far enough to say that I think Rory's is more interesting at times. This is when Rory's is more interesting. I think it's great. The whole in storyline is wonderful. I love that storyline. But this moment here with Rory having this inner turmoil is so much more interesting than... Lorelai having inner turmoil between Max and then calling Christopher yeah. at the bachelorette party or telling Luke he shouldn't go on a date with that woman. Like, all of that stuff is 
fine, but that's stuff we expect from Lorelai. Yeah. This storyline with Jess, we don't expect this from Rory. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what makes it so interesting. Yep. And it's it's following, you know, the structure of, you know, previous, you know, good movies and TV. Mm-hmm. You got the love triangle. You got the bad boy, the breakfast club, you know, good girl, bad and boy. And I think this was honestly my first exposure to a love triangle. Oh, yeah. Because I can't recall watching anything before that would have had something like this. Um, yeah, if you were 10. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I had other exposures, but... Like in a lighter is, form. Like right. You, like, Nick at, or like Nickelodeon Channel is not going to well, do I it. Well, I mean, I did... I was like six when I saw Analyze This. Oh, wow. So, I mean... <laughs> you sound like me. <laughs> well, like, we would go to the movies every week with my mom and my mm. grandma... And one week it would be a kid movie, and then the next week it would be whatever my mom and grandma wanted to yeah. see. So sometimes we ended up seeing movies like that, and sometimes That's we ended up... That's why I saw up, a lot of movies, too. Yeah. It's, but I can't recall, like, my first exposure to a love, love triangle, triangle, except for this. And then I feel like I was always gravitating towards stories like that yeah. from then on out, because it was like... Oh, it's so interesting. You know, who's she going to pick? I mean, that's why Twilight did as well as it did, because it had mm-hmm. a love triangle. Yep. Like, I mean, Buffy does that. Mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek does that. That was and, 90s. That was like a pinnacle storyline in 90s television. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even now we see it, too. But it was so. Oh, yeah. Like um, Ginny and Georgia. Oh, I haven't watched that. Yeah. I need to. Yeah, I mean, but you know, like it. Um, The Sopranos has a, a like qu- somewhat love triangle between Tony and Carmela, and then her, his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, all his Tony's problems is about oh his mother. Oh my god, I love that. All the women that he likes are like that. He is attracted mm-hmm. to are somewhat. In Which the form I, of his mother. I think we can also say that Jess probably represents some of Christopher. That, like, going against the the grain a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. To bring it back full circle, <laughs> I think that um, he really does bring out a very fun side of Rory. Yep. And something that the audience does not expect. Yeah, I mean, you got, you know, you got James Dean, and then you got the paper boy. Mm. The paper boy. He's the type of guy that Dean will, Dean's going to bring your groceries to your car. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jess is going to... You're just, you're not going to eat with Jess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you're not eating. I was going to say, Dean will bring your he groceries no to your car. And Jess will watch you bring them in yourself. But then once the groceries are on the table, he'll push them all off on the table and then like put you on the table. Oh, damn. <laughs> I feel crazy right now, Max Medina. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not knocking over any nice pottery. <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah. know. OK, 
okay, where were, where were we? I don't know. It suddenly got really hot in <laughs> here. Know, oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Where were we? I think that's it. I need to take a drink of my If tea. we forget anything, I'm blaming this, like, weird scenario I created. So <laughs> that's the end. Okay. We are back at the Independence Inn. Rory is going through the receipts for the inn, which I'm sure is probably not code, but whatever. (laughs) And Michelle comes in. Oh, excuse me. Suki says that she has this dream about Lorelai and Suki and Fran. And Suki says she has like these big cataract glasses on, which I take major offense to because that means the lenses are super (laughs) thick and I have to have my lenses shaved down to fit into my glasses. But she says (laughs) they're sitting there and Fran looks better than ever. And the two of them are so old. And they're like, we just want to know what God's plan is for Fran. And Rory's like, stop talking about Fran like that. We (laughs) like Fran. Stop wishing she was dead. Yeah. And Michelle comes in and he says, please look like you're doing something because the boss is here. And then we get to meet Mia who owns the inn and took in Lorelai and Rory when Lorelai was 16. And we have not met Mia, but we've heard a lot about her. And I will mention this Mia is not the same Mia that we see seasons later. Do we don't, when we see Mia again, it's only one more time, right? Correct. At, like, it's the, the wedding. Or the, okay. It's the a wedding. wedding. But the original Mia was played by Elizabeth Franz, and then the second one was Kathy Baker. I wish it was Kathy Bates. Elizabeth Franz was unavailable for that episode, so that's why they cast. What the hell is she doing? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm kind of like, what were you doing that you couldn't come back for one episode? Yeah. Or why couldn't they move the episode to make it work with her schedule? Like, it just... Yeah, it's weird. Eli- oh, Elizabeth Franz. Did I say Kathy Franz? Yeah, because I said I wish it was Kathy me. Bates. I meant Elizabeth <laughs> Franz. Oh, gotcha. Um, but she has done a lot. She is 81 years young. Uh-huh. And... Um, what is she best known for? She is best known for um, Sabrina from 1995. Uh, with Harrison Ford? Yes. And, I used to um, watch that movie all the time. The Secret of My Success from 1987. Hmm. School Ties from 1992. And Thinner from 1996. My favorite movie. Um, her last work was uh, Take Me to the River in 2015. Is she... Okay, she's still alive. She is still with us. <laughs> Take me to the she river. She is not on the long vacation yet. She's not. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. She's in Gilmore Girls, and then there is, I'm sorry, there's no way she couldn't have done it. Like, all of her other things are, she was in un- Unexpected Love in 2003, which was a TV movie. Well, maybe she was doing theater. Maybe. That could be. I'll give you that. That's what I'll give you because yeah. I would hope that she that's the case. She seems like a case. theater actor to me. Yeah. Um, 
But this just, oh yeah, American stage and television actress. Yeah, you can just you can just tell when when someone's got that theater training in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in two thousand four to two thousand five, she appeared at the Royal National Theater in London in the play Buried Child. Oh. She um, was also in Bird Sanctuary, Long Day's Journey into Night, The Glass Menagerie. A comedy of errors, lots of lots of lots of things. Cool. So she probably that's played probably the why in she, Yeah, and that's probably why she was not in that season. Cause that would have been around that time. Oh, yeah. So that explains that. Fine, Elizabeth Franz. <laughs> Fine. And it's not that I don't like the other Mia, but this Mia feels more motherly. Yeah, the I just, other Mia feels more like Jane Lynch in Mrs. Maisel to me. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's I, my I thing with it. I don't remember the second Mia very well. Yeah. But to be honest, I don't think I'm like that crazy about Mia as a character. You know what? I have I have okay. thoughts about that. Okay. We will get to that. But, okay, cool. So we meet Mia and... Um, the girls come out and she says, uh, Lorelai asks her, is this an inspection, a surprise inspection? She says, yes. She walks around the girls and she says they're too thin and too pretty and whatever. Michelle comes up and he's talking with her. And I can't tell if this is like a shtick kind of thing, but she says she can't understand a word of what he is saying. And then she says, did you get the tapes that I sent you? I sent you those tapes. You've been in the U.S. for some time now. And he's like, well, the guests seem to understand me just fine, but she cannot understand him. And I don't know if that's like a joke or if she really can't understand him. She, I think she can understand him, but she's just playing a joke with Lorelai and Rory. Okay. And they're kind of being just mean to him well yeah because then he says something to her and rory like translates and it's super mean and then it happens again and he's like i did not say that and she's like i don't know what i did to make him hate me and then they go for their walk i bet you know what mia how many languages do you speak right hate when people make fun of people's accents i do too I actually just made friends with our neighbor, not the one across the street that always talks to you, but the it's another one, and she's a grandma, and she's so sweet, Aww. and she has a really heavy accent. I can't tell 100% what it is, and I don't want to say something and be wrong, but um, so sweet. Her and I talked about flowers today. <laughs> Very lovely. Did you but tell her about your bird eggs? I didn't. I'll do that next time we're stuck in the elevator together. <laughs> yeah. But the girls are going to go for a walk. And the way that Rory and Lorelai welcome Mia is drastically different from how they embrace Emily. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to that as yeah. we go forward. But I do have some thoughts on Mia, but I want to save them for towards the end. Yep. We are with Rory and Mia, 
and Lorelai, they are walking into Luke's diner. He is fussing around with the toaster, but the minute he sees Mia, he drops everything and goes over to give her a big hug and then proceeds to not disengage the hug. He is like holding her and talking to her. And Elise is like, God, get a room. Like, do we need to leave you guys alone? But she knew Luke when he was a boy. She calls him Lucas. And he has them take a table. He comes back with coffee. He introduces her to Jess and he doesn't say much. And she's like, I remember you not saying much either. I'm not offended by him being, you know, quiet. And Rory's like, what was Luke like as a little boy? And Mia says that he rode around on a skateboard. He would offer to bring people's groceries home for a quarter a bag and that he loved Star Trek, which Lorelai cannot get over. And I think this is the first time that we learn something pop culture related about Luke. Yeah, he's like kind of closed-lipped about Mm -hmm. his things that he likes, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Yeah, I do too. Because I always feel like I'm always talking about the the movies or music Mm -hmm. or something that I like. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he definitely keeps to himself. So, so he's a little bit of a nerd. If I he's mean, like Star Trek. He says it's because his aunt gave him the t-shirt, but Mia says he wore it like every day. <laughs> so I don't know. But I'm guessing, too, when you're raised by your dad who is busy running his own business, there wasn't a lot of time to go get new clothes anyway. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the mother figure usually is the one that's going to do the shopping for the clothes. Mm -hmm. But their conversation is interrupted by Taylor storming in and saying that he ran an investigation and he's almost certain it was Jess who committed the phony murder in front of his market, saying someone saw him lurking around the area Someone saw him buying chalk a few days before, and he's like, people are very upset and they want justice. And Luke is like, people meaning you? And he says, I'm not going to do anything about it. And Taylor actually, like, yells at him. And Mia says she misses small town theater. And... Taylor turns and sees Mia sitting there and he's like, oh, hi, Mia. Like he completely changes his entire demeanor and he leaves. And then the girls are left sitting there and Lorelai asks why Mia hasn't come to visit lately. And Mia says, I don't need to. You run the inn. It's practically yours. And if you ever left, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be lost without you. And the girls kind of look somber and... She says, why are you sad? And Lorelai goes, oh, no, we're not sad, and takes a sip of her coffee. And I think it dawns on her that she hadn't really thought about leaving the inn yet mm-hmm. and what that would mean for Mia. But And what it means to her, too, because right. it's like this is very implied that really Lorelai's life 
started mm-hmm. there at the end. Yeah, because she Mia says to her, it's almost, what is it, 15 years ago to the day that you showed up on the doorstep demanding I give you a job. And with look a baby at, in your arms. With a baby in your arms. And look at where you are now. And, you know, if Lorelai hadn't got that chance, who knows where she would be. Mm-hmm. But Mia gave her that chance. And it was their home for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's a tricky, a tricky situation, definitely. I wonder how much Lorelai makes. Now? Or back then? Yeah, at the end. I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe that's something we can look up on our break here, but... I'm wondering how much Mia pays her. I would assume if you're running an entire inn and she's the only one doing it, she probably makes a decent amount of money, but not enough to own a house, I don't think. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't, you know, I don't, she could have had a co-signer too. Who yeah. knows? Money is so different nowadays than, than yeah. when it was. And <laughs> money is so different in a small town than it is in the suburbs of yeah. a big city. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say. But I would assume she is well taken care of. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I kind of noticed something interesting. Oh, yeah, please. I guess I don't know if it's that interesting, Amy. Please. Just kidding. Okay, well, you said it was interesting, so <laughs> no, I, now I'm intrigued. No, last night when I was watching this episode, mm-hmm. I didn't get all the way through it, but um, I did get to this part. But when Luke is, like, holding Mia in his arms, right, mm-hmm. I was like, A, like, went and Googled real quick the backstory of Luke and his mom because I couldn't remember. <laughs> I was like, mother issues. Oh, <laughs> but, Yeah. No, I think from Mother Like Daughter, the previous episode, remember when Lorelai is at the, or at the diner, Luke's diner, and she's like, hello, I need help. And mm-hmm. she's like, he's chatting with with that lady, that old lady or whatever. Yeah. I feel like, and she was like, he's never like that. I, f- I kind of feel like that that was preparing for this. Could be, Yeah. Which I think is like a a cool, intricate way of of the writers if they did it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very possible. I think it shows that he has a lot of respect for people who have respect for him. Mm-hmm. Like a softer side, because I think yes. that this would have maybe been a, a little jarring to see him like hold her. True. Yeah. And it is, it's hard for me to remember that he grew up there. Like, the older generation of Stars Hollow grew up with that being a hardware store. Mm -hmm. And now it's a diner. And I think that there's a lot of sentiment to that for that generation of just, you know, well, this was you know, Luke's dad's place and it was a hardware store and then Luke turned around and made it into a diner and we still get to enjoy that, you know, hardware feel, but we get great food mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think there's a lot of nostalgia on that corner mm-hmm. that he has the diner at. And I think it's 
we don't get to see those moments as often because, you know, Lorelai kind of commands the room whenever she's in it. Mm-hmm. But I think you make a great point because that would have felt very out of character for Luke. But we get to see him have a softer side with... With Mia. With Mia and with other, you know, residents of the town that we, like, never see again. Mm-hmm. But we know because they're older, he's, like, softer yeah. with them. I feel like he's softer with the older women. Mm-hmm. Like, he's mm-hmm. even showed that softness to Emily. Yeah. And maybe it's, like, a respect your elders kind of thing, too. I don't know. Uh, I think it's mommy stuff. (laughs) I really do. So what did you find about Luke's mom? It's just that, basically, I just went down Reddit. um, Okay. Because people had the same question as me. It's like, somebody was just like, I can't remember the whole thing with Luke's mom. Because the show doesn't touch much on it. No, it doesn't. They don't say when she passed away, how she passed away. Yeah, it's kind of left that own that Liz basically took off, mm-hmm. and Luke was left to kind of pick up the pieces. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming Liz is older than Luke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, she graduated and then left. So I'm guessing, you know, he's she's probably two to four years older than him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe 12, 13. Yeah, I don't know. It's 14, 15. It's interesting because I, we give, like, so much grief to Lorelai for having, like, daddy issues. But, like, let's look at the bigger picture here. Like, it's very possible that he has issues, like mother issues. Sure. You know? I think that he would have been a mom, like a, like a mama's boy. You know? I do, too. I mean, he does have his dark day, mm-hmm. and that's about his dad passing. Yeah. We don't ever see a side of that for his mom, mm-hmm. but he was around with his father a lot longer. Yeah. So it's that a, could be it, too. With age and... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, but I... I, I want to keep an eye out for this, like... Yeah. I think he has a respect for... Older women. Not yeah. that he want. I'm not saying anything. No, like I it's know you're not. But sexy time or anything. But yeah, there is like an air of mutual respect and like softness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And maybe he's trying to like be a little extra with Mia too in front of Lorelai. Could be. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So. That's where we uh, leave off with the girls feeling sad and realizing the the repercussions of her decision to open an inn. Because, you know, Lorelai, like we said earlier, only can process one thing at a time. So she has her mindset on opening this inn, but then doesn't realize how that decision trickles down to other people, which is... Typical Lorelai and life. Yeah. Yep. So same thing. Same. What do they say? It's the. It's the. It's a thing. That's what I'm going to say, because I can't remember the thing. All right. We are back at the inn. 
Lorelai is complaining to Suki, like, how could she have forgotten to let Mia know that this was something they wanted to do? And Suki says, well, maybe we can just tell her. And of course, Lorelai doesn't want to do that. And Michelle comes in with Mia and he has a lamp and she's like, oh, I'm afraid that it's too short. And he says, put it on. We'll have somebody make a pedestal and we can put it up. And she's like, oh, I understood every word of that. I'm so proud. So maybe she really didn't understand him. Yeah, I, I, I think she didn't. I think that's maybe an inconsistent joke or maybe it's not yeah. written. I don't want to say it's not written well, but it just the ebb and flow of it is weird. Yeah, it didn't deliver. Yeah. It didn't land. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They left crumbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> whatever. Lorelai and Suki keep talking, and Lorelai's like, how am I going to tell her? And then Lorelai's phone rings, and I'm doing this out of order, I think. I'm getting <laughs> confused. Okay, whatever. Just roll with me, people. Just roll with me. So Lorelai's phone rings and it's Emily and she says she's having a hard time with Rory. She can't get her to pose right. And she's got Rory sitting in this massive throne with flowers and her one arm is up in the air. Like a ballerina pose. Yeah, but she's sitting down. It looks so (laughs) weird. And Emily's like, well, this isn't the pose I wanted initially. And I guess there's a swan involved and... Lorelai's like, why don't you just have her reading a book? And Emily's like, don't be silly. And Lorelai says, there is nothing more that dad would like to see than to see Rory above his mantle reading a book. Yeah, what a beautiful image. Mm -hmm. And Emily's like, okay, maybe it's not such a bad idea. So then she lets Rory put her arm down and they end the phone call. That's when Mia and Michelle walk in. So we already discussed that. At that point, then, Lorelai and Suki are talking about how is she going to break this news? And she says, well, let's just get her drunk and we'll tell her that way. And it starts to roll into Lorelai having second thoughts, which we all knew was going to happen because she always has second thoughts. And I mean, yeah, she does. And it's like, I don't think I can tell her. I sound like I'm ungrateful for everything she did for me. And Suki is like, it's not that like she will figure it out. But you have to tell her. And she's like, well, I can't tell her now because now she's happy about the lamp and understanding Michelle. And then Suki does her chicken impression. And she's like, and that too. And that's where we're left. So Lorelai's got to muster up the courage to talk to Mia. But I don't know how that's going to come about. So we shall see. Mm. We are back with Rory and Lorelai and Mia. They are discussing how they cannot be late to the town meeting. It's very important that they are on time. Mia says she hopes that they're late because she misses the controversy of the small town meetings. And on their way, they run into Luke 
and they walk in with him. And as they approach the door, they can hear like this conversation happening. There's like murmuring, whatever. And they walk into what looks like the town meeting already starting. And Mia looks so excited that they're late because it's 8.01 and they're talking. And then finally, they're like, what's going on here? Why? What? What's happening? And Taylor says, oh, well, all the businesses in Stars Hollow needed to meet about something before the town meeting. And Luke goes, I am a business in Stars Hollow. So why was I not informed about this meeting? And Miss Patty says, oh, Taylor, just tell him what's going on. And of course, it has to do with Jess. They don't, they keep referring to the um, phony murder incident and how he sold the bridge jar for charity or whatever. And then um, I wanted to say Sally Struthers, not Sally Struthers. Babette. Babette's uh, gnome went missing and everything they say, Luke says, he returned that. He brought it back. He We can't prove that that was him. And he's getting, like, amped up and, like, more and more angry and, like, verbally aggressive as it goes on to the point where he's like, all right, well, this side's got the tar and this side's got the feathers and how they're just, like, going after Jess and attacking him. And then Bootsy stands up and he's like, I didn't like the look of that kid the first day he got here. And we find out that Bootsy and Luke have like this forever, what do you call it? A forever, not a forever argument, but like a forever feud feud because Bootsy wrecked some clay project of Luke's from first grade. (laughs) And that's where it goes. It goes back to that and whatever. But they're arguing back and forth. And then finally, Luke, he's like, you guys are just you you're so like not like you can't judge him on things that he did and then fixed and something we don't even know that he did. And he's getting like more and more flustered to the point where Laura lies like, can I can I help you? And she's like, this is in her mind. This is something I'm really good at is just like talking really fast and like getting all of my thoughts out. And so she kind of helps him wrap it up and finish what he's trying to say. And Luke storms out and the girls are left sitting there like, okay. (laughs) And then we cut to the end of the town meeting and Lorelai is walking with Mia and Rory. Rory says she needs to go check on Dean because he's been scraping chalk off the sidewalk. And I'm like, what kind of chalk was this? That you have to scrape it off the sidewalk. (laughs) But Lorelai's like, all right, go have fun, you know, sucking face with your boyfriend. Kim, before we get into this part real quick. Yeah. Can I just say one thing about the town meeting? Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Um, We didn't discuss the quote that was so funny when everybody was like, I heard he stole my, or he stole the the money for the bridge and, and Babette's. Gnome. Gnome, and they're listing all these things, and then Lorelai goes, I heard he controls the weather, and he wrote, he wrote the, screen the screenplay for glitter. glitter. I forgot about that. <laughs> that is probably my favorite reference in the whole episode. I don't know. It might be ever for me. 
I heard ever. He can, I don't. That is hilarious. I heard it that is. he controls the weather and he wrote the screenplay for Glitter. Like, why was Glitter on Dan Palladino's mind well, when he probably, wrote this? It had probably just came out. Not that. Now I gotta look because. Or I mean, I, when Glitter came out, it was like people made fun of that movie. Oh, it's complete garbage. I'm trying to think if that would be oh, like... Oh, yeah, it came out in 2001. Yeah. I'm wondering if that... If, I, I think that Glitter is kind of like in the same wheeled house as that one movie with Christina Aguilera and Cher. Burlesque. Do you think that's a good movie? I've never seen Burlesque, but I know a lot of people would be so offended by that comparison. Okay. And I think it's but only like, because it's... It's Cher and Christina Aguilera. But it's bad, though. It's not great. Okay, so Glitter has a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Burlesque. Burlesque is, it, people like that because it's bad. That's like Showgirls. You can like things, you like oh, it because yeah. it's bad. No, absolutely. Um, burlesque on. Is 22%, I'm guessing. You're guessing. Okay, let me see. It has a 37%. I almost said 38. And a 64% for the audience score. Okay. Should we see what the audience score is for Glitter? Yes. And and I want to see the score for Showgirls. Okay. Glitter um, has a 6%, like I had mentioned, and then a 48% audience score. So kind of in the same. Yeah. Audience score wise, mm-hmm. and then Showgirls has a twenty three percent, and then a thirty seven percent. Let me gasp. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, sorry about that. I would have. I probably would have said. I don't know what I would have said. I'm not gonna say. You're not gonna say it. Okay, don't say it then. But I, it, yeah, glitter is such a a weird random lovely reference mm-hmm. to be made at this part. So and it was clever. I loved it. It was clever. Um and I think Lorelai's way of being like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because we had just talked about how she is very on one side about Jess, but I think she's seeing how ramped up Luke is about it that she's like, I gotta step in. Cause what is he gonna do? <laughs> like he looked crazy. <laughs> And maybe crazy isn't the right, it's not the right word, but he looked like, I don't even know what to say. Like, he looked angry. Yeah. He was upset. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're back Back with to Mia, Mia and Lorelai. So Rory goes to suck Dean's face. Oh my god, I <laughs> did not know where you were going with that. Thank god. That's twice in one episode, man. (laughs) And Mia and Lorelai are left together. And Lorelai says that she has something to tell her. And she says that she and Suki are kind of moving in a different direction. And then tells Mia that she and Suki would like to open their own inn. And Mia's not, like, sad, by it, and I think that kind of catches Lorelai off guard. 
And then Lorelai is really caught off guard when Mia says, could you do this sooner rather than later? Because I want to sell the inn. I was really only keeping it for you. So you have a nice, reliable job. Yeah. And she's like, I've had a lot of lucrative offers and I've said no to all of them because I know how important this place is to you. But if you want to open your inn and you should and you should let me help you do it, then I'm going to sell the Independence Inn. And now Miss Second Thoughts is now having third or fourth thoughts (laughs) because she's like... Um, you're going to sell the place? Well, it makes it worse for her because she was like, hey, I want to buy this place, but the lady doesn't want to sell it. So there's a hiccup. And then mm-hmm. Mia's like, well, could you make it go faster? Because now I want out. Well, and now I wonder, <clears> too, <throat> if she's like, OK, well, if my plan doesn't work, then at least I can fall back on the independence yep. in again. Mm-hmm. And now that's going to disappear. Yep. So that is... Scary. Yeah. When you're starting your own business and you're like... Well, you don't even have the business yet. Right, exactly. It's so, not like just inns everywhere. Yeah, especially, especially in a small well, town. Especially, well, kind of in this town, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. And, like, also, for Lorelai, like, for me, with Mia and stuff, like, what if Mia wanted to keep that inn and then Lorelai just opens up a, a competing inn? Well, yeah, that's my other thing. And also when she's like, please let me help you with anything you need. Why are you not giving her the in? Yeah. Well, she wants the money because she's like, Laura's not, Lorelai's not going to be able to give her a lucrative offer. No, no. <clears throat> but well. it's it. That whole situation is strange because why? Why wouldn't she give her the in if? I don't, yeah. I I mean, I understand her not giving her the end. But you're right. You make a good point that Lorelai would be opening up, like, competition. Yeah, like, if, say, if Mia wanted to keep this place. So that must have been a lot of the worry, though, but they just never even addressed that. No. But that's, for me, that's what I would have been worried about. That's what we were worried about before we even started the podcast. It was like... What if I was like, Amy, um, I just want to let you know that... um, I want to start my own growing, my own Gilmore Girls podcast on my own. And I'd be like, good luck, bitch. You're just kidding. <laughs> you I would, would not. too. I would cry. Are you kidding? <laughs> That'd be weird. It's just like, what? Yeah, it is strange. It is strange. And especially because... They act like me as like this mother. Mm-hmm. This and sec- Suki this- and Lorelai are amazing at what they do. So now she, not only is she... Would she be losing two of the most like important people that draw people to the inn she would also have to find people to replace them in that community yeah and there's no way no i mean kirk would apply (laughs) for both of the jobs he would absolutely probably get them somehow i know god yeah so i i mean we get to see in a year in the life how hard it is to replace suki yeah so i don't know It's the relationship with Mia is strange in some aspects because I feel like they really have her up on a pedestal as this like amazing human that has given up so much for them. But at the end of the day, the woman just wants to sell the inn and take the money and move on. She does not seem and nor should she have 
to feel that way either. No, no. I'm not saying yeah. that she's a bad person for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. It's just that Lorelai kind of needs to wake up and realize at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. And... And Mia's not, like... She was special in your time at that time in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't really think that it goes beyond... No. That. I don't think so either, <clears throat> so... And then there's... And that's just life, though. People... There are certain people come in and out of your life when you mm-hmm. need them or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what Mia is. I think so, too. Yeah, I think, like, Mia was in her life when she had Rory and needed a place to work and stay. And, and a now, mother figure. And-, mm-hmm. and now Mia is back as someone to give her that push mm-hmm. to pursue the inn. And... When we see Mia again, there's a whole other symbolic reason for that. But just so far, this is like what her trajectory has been with Lorelai. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard for Lorelai because she doesn't have a lot. I think she has respect for Emily, but it's not a motherly respect. Where with Mia, it feels more motherly. And so she's not sure how to ride those waves because she doesn't have any experience, like, genuinely letting someone down or, like, not letting down. But do you know what I mean? Like, she lets down Emily all the time and Mm -hmm. it doesn't phase her. But with Mia, this is a lot harder for her. Yeah. So I think that probably has a lot to do just with her lack of experience with a mother figure and experiencing that a different level, a different kind of disappointment. Yeah. Not that Mia is disappointed. I don't know what I'm talking about, actually. No, I I have like a lot of thoughts, too. I'm like, should I bring that up right now? Let's maybe we should save it. Yeah, because I have a little bit more thoughts on Mia. Okay. Let's. Let's ride it out, and then we'll... Yeah. yeah. Nope, I think that's Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. All right, we are back at the Independence Inn with Lorelai and Suki, and Lorelai looks like she's writing out place cards for this wedding. Suki comes up and says, I finished the menu for the Duncan wedding and hands it to Lorelai. She glances at it, and she's like, I can't read that. And Suki's like, I know I had this whole thing typed up nice and planned, but then on the way here, I had like a burst of inspiration and decided to change a few things. So she scribbled all over it. And she's like, does this say cumin? And then Lorelai's like, Suki, I can't read that. And she's like, okay, well, uh, how did the talk go with Mia? And Lorelai's like, it went good. She took it classy, just like you said she would. And then Lorelai tells Suki that she wants to sell the place. And Suki's like, that's great. Then we can open our place. She sells this place. It's a good situation for everyone, which is like a very normal reaction. Like everyone's tying up neat bows to the situation and it's great. We can all move forward. And Lorelai's like, you don't care about what happens to this place? And Suki's like, of course I care. Like, I love this place, but we have our own plans now. And Lorelai goes into, yeah, I guess, and starts doing that whole, like, deflection thing that she's really good at, where it's like, she does, like, the short answers and is not sure if she wants to, 
completely like get into it with Suki. And she's like, you know, the economy is really bad right now. I don't know if we're going to find another place. We don't even have that place with Fran for sure. And we didn't even look at other places. We need to be practical. Yeah. And we can't get attached. It's a business, Suki. So we have to be very detached. And Suki's like, what are you talking about? We were attached. We had a plan that was a great plan. And then she's like, well, have you looked at other places? And Lorelai's like, how am I going to have time to look at other places because I'm picking up all this extra slack? And that's when Suki realizes there's more to this discussion than Lorelai has been leading on. And she says, what are you talking about? And Lorelai says, I don't want to get into this right now. And Suki grabs the tray that she's carrying puts it down and says, I want to talk about it right now. And Lorelai says, you're not punctual. You're always late. You're always changing the menus. You can't do that when we have our own in because profit margins are very low at in the first two years of owning a business. And we can't afford you to keep changing things and throwing things out and whatever. And Suki's like, where is this coming from? Because the other day I was the maestro of cooking and you loved that I was, you know, creative and always thinking ahead and, and Lorelai's like, well, that doesn't work when you're not established. It's fine here because it's an established business, but we'll be starting brand new. And then she says that stuff won't be cute anymore. And I'm like, Lorelai, and then Suki says, I don't want to, continue this conversation because I want to cry right now and I don't want to cry in front of you because then I'm afraid you'll say that she's too weak and emotional to work with. So I'm leaving and she storms off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm really glad that Suki stood up to her because what Lorelai it, just did yeah. sucks. She said, you're talking down to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. No, no. I was and getting heated for her. I was too. That's the one person that, like, does everything for you. Mm-hmm. When her and Max, when she left town, who told everyone that, that the wedding was off? She was Suki. Great. Yeah, and she baked your cakes. And, and cookies and, and threw you that engagement party. And and then when and she just you just call her up in the middle of the night and you're like, let's start the inn. And then you're like 100, you know, like 100% in. And then... Yeah. It's okay that Lorelai's nervous. And there should be an element of what right. Lorelai is saying. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff she is saying is correct. Not necessarily about Suki. Right. About starting a business. You need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, they don't even have the property. But right. you do not need to throw this onto Suki. No. Like, it's her fault. And you're... You're talking about Suki being late when you you're late to the town meeting all the time, lady. Well, it's like you're project she's projecting onto yeah. Suki. And like honestly, if I was Suki, like what at what point would you just be like, I've had enough of this? Yeah. Like you crap on me all the time and I'm sick of it. Yeah. That would have been me. That would have been my last straw. Mm-hmm. That would have been like lose my phone number because yeah. this is horrible. But Lorelai just, when she has those insecurities, she projects. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like this is the first time they've ever had a serious fight. I think there was one other fight prior to this one that happened where um, it was in season one. And I can't recall what it is off the top of my head. And what was it about? I don't know, but I remember her being like, I shouldn't talk to you that way or whatever. Gosh, I don't know. Oh, it was the, um, when she was giving her advice about Max Padina getting in and out of the relationship. She goes, you know, you always do this. You, you're with somebody for three months. And then she's like. She's like, why would I ask your advice when you're never even with anybody? And she doesn't say it that way, but basically. Thank you. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. And, I mean, that's not like a fight, but it has similar energy to this. Yeah, it's. It's talking down to Suki. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Lorelai, you are not any better off than Suki is. Uh, No. And at the end of all of this, Suki's way ahead of her. Mm -hmm. And and she becomes way ahead of her. I would say that she's ahead of Lorelai. Yeah. Even now. She has her own house. She has a healthy relationship. Yeah. Um, She has a trade that she she can bring with her anywhere she goes. And yeah. she's she's healthy with her friendships. Yeah. Yep. I think this is this is part she, of the tricky yeah. part of like having a business with someone mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, there it has to be 100 percent, 100 percent on both sides, because if it's not, there's resentment and there's. You know, issues and... It'll break a friendship up. Yep, it'll well, totally... I would be like, Lorelai, I'd be like, girl, I get it. I have things too, but look at yourself. You have shit too, girl. You, like, are literally doing this right now mm-hmm. where you don't want to do... It seems like you don't want to do the end. Mm-hmm. You go on these highs and lows with men, with your work. Right. I don't know, man. I think Suki is more emotionally mature in that she doesn't have to pull from yeah. p- previous files to yeah. she's argue. not the, she's not the type of person that's gonna stoop down and make the other person feel bad right right and i don't get why laura like is trying to make sookie make sookie feel bad because why, she feels bad and she it Lorelai is someone who it's like if I feel bad, then everybody Everyone. else has to feel yeah. bad, and I cannot stand that about people. Mm-hmm. It's like it's I don't know. Yeah, how she talked to Suki was completely wrong, and I would be like, I don't want to do this business with you because it, it makes me very clear how much you respect me. That right. is, I'm very that you've made that very clear. And I'm sorry, but Lorelai does not have an in without Suki. Mm-hmm. Because Suki being like the chef is what pulls people there. Like for mealtimes, they don't even have to be staying at the inn. They can just come eat dinner there. Yeah. Like you're losing that. Like I mean, she's the I mean, she could open an inn without Suki. But it's, yes. I feel like, yeah, you can do it without her. But You can, but you would be missing the charm of why you wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah, you're missing a lot of the, yeah. 
the love and the, you And know. she's talented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be hard. It would make competition even harder mm-hmm. if she were to stay there. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to see Lorelai be mean. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And you feel protective over Sookie because she's so sweet. Yeah. That's how I feel about, like, Sookie's very much like Allison Hannigan, Willow, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, like, sure. The, the, like, the loyal friends mm-hmm. that will do anything for the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And so when the protagonist is mean to them, you're like, I don't know if I like you anymore. Um, That's like Tony and Polly for me from The Sopranos. <laughs> I don't know. Polly's got issues, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is a hard scene to watch. And this is why, like, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, this is an episode where, like, if you like Lorelai, you might not for a little bit now because... It's maddening the way she talks to Suki here. Yeah. And the way she thinks that it's okay. Yeah, that's what's... Especially at work. I know. Like, they're at the inn. Like, they could have people hearing them. Embarrassing. Really bad. Bad, bad, bad look, Lorelai. Bad look. We are walking through Stars Hollow with Dean and Rory. Dean is saying he needs to go get his check because if he doesn't, Taylor locks it in a safe with a timer. And I think that has to be illegal. (laughs) I'm not sure. But uh, the days before direct deposit. (laughs) Sad. But he goes into the market and Rory says she'll wait outside. While Rory's waiting outside, Jess comes up and they have kind of this little back and forth. And she really lays into him about... Luke standing up for him and it's not fair because he shows Luke no respect but Luke is in there defending him fighting for him the whole town wants him gone blah 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 while they are having this back to forth back and forth he says I can't believe you went to that town meeting it all feels a little to kill a mockingbird for me And then she says, well, not all of us are Holden Caulfield. So that's another literary reference. And they're just like throwing these literary references at each other. And it's like, just make out already. Like like also before she does the Holden Caulfield reference, she reams him out mm -hmm. and she's like, just go, you know, leave. And he's like, fine. okay," And like turns away. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, you know, and then she she's like. You know, you can't do all of it. And she brings up Holden Caulfield. Mm -hmm. And he turns back around. He's smiling like, oh, I guess you aren't done. Yeah. He's like, you got a second wind, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, it was very much like. He went away and she was like, oh, he's actually going to go away. He's going to go. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw a literary reference out. Yep. And then he's too smart. Mm-hmm. He's smarter than Rory. I'm sorry. No, he absolutely is. He knew that was like her. She wants seconds. Mm-hmm. And she, <laughs> she does. Wants and she seconds. doesn't want to leave any crumbs. No. And <laughs> I don't blame her. She yeah. Like, that popped root. collar and the jean jacket. Yes. Okay. Well. But, you that, know, I feel bad because I'm like a grown woman and he's supposed to be. Okay. But he is a grown man now. Yeah. 
And I was like 11 when this came out. And, and I he does was, not look, he does not look like 17. I, yeah, no. And I can put myself in the place of being that age. Right. But no, it's more of like, I get into them. You know yeah, what I mean? It's the I get tension. Into the tension. And we are getting tension that we want from Luke and Lorelai, and yeah. we're not getting it. So we have to get it somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. Jess is good at it because he just, he heard that she threw out that reference and mm-hmm. he knew that. He came she, right back. He's like, oh, okay, she wants to play because yeah. he's suave. Because then when he walks back up, he says, well, at least tell me you thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say anything. But she grins. But she grins. And she's like, that's so not the point. And then uh, Dean comes out and he's like, oh, I got my check. And they're standing there. And Rory's like, oh, Jess, this is Dean. Dean, this is Jess. And Jess goes, boyfriend? And, J- and Dean goes, yeah. And Jess goes, oh, she didn't mention <laughs> Like, she never said she had a boyfriend. And I was like, you little shit. She totally did tell you that she had a boyfriend, but I love it. And that's where it's like, I'm going to play games because... Yeah, and instantly Dean is like, whoa, what's going on here? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there's no way you would walk into that situation and not feel something going on. Like, they, the vibe that they have is just so different. It is different how he feels like I mean basically saying oh she doesn't she didn't mention she had a boyfriend was very bold. Yeah. Very bold because even Dean is just like shocked. Mhm. And Rory's like, "Okay, we're leaving now." And they <laughs> turn around and like go. And he's like, it's always that way, isn't it? Or she says, we'll see you later. I'll see you later. And he's like, it always happens that way, doesn't it? And I was like, oh, oh me being God, 11 years old and being like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like looking at boys in junior high being like, which one's going to be my Jess? Yes. And then none of them are because I'm a loner. <laughs> but. I know. Yeah. I was always looking for my Pacey in high school. Yeah. I, I don't still, know. I, I still always... am looking for my Pacey. He's I'll, out there. I know he is. Yeah. But it's not Joshua Jackson, though, anymore because I've been watching Fatal Attraction and he is not as hot as he used to be. Oh, sad. I know, but I still wait, love him. Okay, wait. Fatal Attraction, that's the one with. It's a series, not the movie. Lizzie Kaplan. Kaplan. Yeah. yeah. And Eagles, the guy from Kat. Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey, right? No, it's Joshua Jackson and it's Pacey. The main guy? Yes. What do you think of watching Fatal Attraction? Okay, well, I thought that that was the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. Honey. Honey. No. No. Okay, well. That's my man. He'll always be my man. Oh, yeah, it is him. He didn't believe me. (laughs) Freaking (laughs) sitting right here. Okay, well, I'm going to watch it because I do like Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, she does. She's doing a good job in it. And, oh, yeah, the sex scenes are like, whoa. I was well, like, Well, it's Man. Amazon, right? Yeah. So they can get away with a little bit more on streaming. Yeah. I mean, so far, what I've got, I haven't finished it all, but, I mean, it's not Outlander. Okay. 
I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Good to know. Anyway. Where are we? (laughs) Where did the time go? All right. So, they are walking away. Jess leaves his little lasting imprint for the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we're at. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. We are back. We have circled around. It has been an entire week now because we're back for Friday night dinner. Emily shows off the painting right away, and Rory seems to like it. She's like, I I feel weird looking at a painting of myself, but I like it. (laughs) And Emily seems very ecstatic about it. And Lorelai's like, yeah, it's great. And she makes some snide comment about it being just like a Rembrandt. Yeah, and... She's like, what do you want me to do, like, light sparklers and dance around? And she's like, I would, but I'm all out of sparklers and my feet hurt. And Emily storms off. And Rory's like, Mom, like, what the hell was that? And Lorelai goes after Emily and she says, it's really, it's a great painting. I'm so sorry. I've just had a hard work week and she tells her that Mia is in town and that they want to move forward with the inn but Mia also wants to sell the inn and she says you know Rory and I grew up there and I can't imagine it not being there and I think that changes things for Emily because she's never met Mia And she knows that Mia holds a different level of importance in Lorelai's life than than she holds Emily, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yes, the Mia thing, her bringing up the Mia thing, there was like a, hmm? Mm -hmm. but it was like less extreme than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I think it's because Lorelai came in there and was like, hey, I'm sorry. I had this big fight with Suki and goes in to, like, tell her, like, this intimate detail of her life, which I think this is what Emily has been waiting for. Mm -hmm. She wants to be in on it. Yeah. Not to pun that. Right. But. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I, I think to her that this is sort of a compliment like you're coming to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where because, she is like the mother figure right right like Mia's you not are here you're not going to mia right you're coming fight. to me mm-hmm. yeah that's true i didn't think about it from that perspective um i think lorelei opening up like that is great and i think that's why emily accepts her apology Mm -hmm. because lorelei says do you accept my apology and emily says yes i have bad days too Mm -hmm. or whatever and i was like "Mm mm-hmm yeah you do (laughs) (laughs) well here's lorelei's first apology Mm -hmm. because if you're gonna be an asshole at least say you're sorry yeah and now I'm like, girl, you need to apologize to Suki. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to apologize to your mom for that, you sure as heck owe yeah, Suki she's gonna, an apology. She's going to have to do some groveling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Emily just leaves right away after and, and says we should go back to Rory. Mm-hmm. And that's where the scene ends. So Yeah, I like this part with Emily. I was like, Emily acted... 
Oh, but this is not my favorite Emily part of this episode. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. I just like how she handled it without getting jealous about Mia. I agree. I agree. We are at the Gilmore residence. Lorelai is working on things and Luke comes in with Bert the toolbox and Gilbert the goat who was beheaded. And he says that Suki came into the diner this morning and... When he asked her about the inn, she awkwardly changed the subject to women's basketball. And he's like, I didn't really take Suki for a sports fan, so that's a little weird. And Lorelai tries to make a joke about it. And then she's like, we had a fight. We had a humongous fight. And she's probably never going to talk to me again. And he asks what it was about. And she goes, I... He tells her that Mia is selling the inn and she got really scared about all of the decisions she was going to have to make. And she doesn't want to lose the place where all of her memories are that Rory took her first step there and she took her first step there. And she's scared because whenever she's had to do something, she's been able to do it, but she doesn't have to leave the inn. And it's kind of like, yeah, you do, because she's selling it. Yeah. (laughs) But Luke says, you just have to embrace the change and move forward and know that it's going to be scary and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And he says that she has more confidence than any person he's ever met and she'll be able to do it. She just has to jump in. And it's a really sweet, like genuine friendship moment between the two of them there's no flirtatiousness to the scene it's just friends like Mm -hmm. supporting each other and it's very sweet it is sweet it's nice i'm sorry that i was saying dirty things while we were watching it it's okay i started it so we'll just let everyone imagine what those things were (laughs) and not like so do you think that she she said okay she said that the Gilbert the goat from the Hoopa mm-hmm. was Hoopa 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 Hoopa. Don't. I'm done. I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> well, do you think she beheaded it herself? Do you think she she said the hedge clippers take took it out? Well, I think the hedge clippers probably did, but how would but they like, have taken it out? Like, like they, the hedge clippers did. They would had to have been above her head. So, so she did it on purpose. Maybe. I know she did, because that's what I would do. That's what you would do? Yeah, I'd be breaking everything. I mean, it's quite possible. She wanted to talk. Get but he advice. also, he did not come just for Gilbert. He came to weatherproof the chuppah. Because it wasn't waterproof yet. Oh, gotcha. So he came to waterproof the wood. Okay, don't roll your eyes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's where the scene ends. He just says, you got to embrace it. You just got to do it. Yeah. She's like, okay, here we go. We are back at the Independence Inn with Lorelai and Suki. Lorelai apologizes to Suki, says... I'm really sorry. Can you accept my apology? And can we go back with our our dream of opening the inn? And Suki says, I need you to promise me that you're not going to freak out every time something happens. And 
She's like, I promise I'll put my hand on whatever you want and I'll swear to it. And Suki says, that's enough because I know you don't like to put your hands on things. (laughs) It's like, what the heck? But so they make up and then we cut to um, Mia talking to one of the customers, one of the people staying at the inn and Emily walks in and she walks right towards Mia and Mia says, can I help you? And Emily says, I just wanted to meet the woman who raised my daughter. And Mia instantly realizes who it is. And she says, Emily, Emily Gilmore. And she goes, I don't know what I'm doing here. And Mia goes, I always knew this was going to happen where we would meet each other. And Emily's like, oh, really? And when that happened, what did you think you were going to say? And Mia says, when I saw this young girl scared and alone and cold on my doorstep with a little baby in her arms, I thought I would want her to find someone who would help her and make her into like a good person and care for her and show her that she can do things and Emily says, that's funny because I would have wanted her to find someone who would send her home. And that really hits hard. That line sometimes really gets to me, like Mm -hmm. crying wise. And I think it's because there is this resentment that Emily will always hold. It doesn't matter if, you know things ever changed between her and Lorelai, it's there's this will always be a sore spot for mm-hmm. her. And she attempts to storm out, not storm out, but, you know, walk out and says, please don't mention this to Lorelai. And Mia says, I won't. And as she opens the door, she pauses and turns and says, do you have pictures from back then? And Mia says, I'll send you a full box tomorrow. And it makes me think about Rory's birthday party in season one, where she saw that picture of Lorelai with the broken leg Mm -hmm. and she didn't know that she had broken her leg. And there's a whole like 15 years of Emily's life where she knows nothing about her daughter or her granddaughter or you know, what they looked like every day or, you know, that piece of her history is missing. And it's something I think she will always chase to have back. Well, I mean, Lorelai is her only daughter, mm-hmm. her only child. Mm-hmm. So Rory, you know, is her only, that was her window to have a grandchild. Mm-hmm. Grand, and a lot of grandparents are so excited for that day because they get to hold, they get to be the fun you know, mm-hmm. grandma and hold the baby and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's kind of sad. It is yeah. sad. It is sad. And I think I understand where Mia's coming from, but we also don't know if there were days where Mia said, what do you think about going home? Yeah. Or what do you think? Cause it, it sounds like she, what she did go home for Christmas and Easter or whatever they said. Mm-hmm. So there were holidays where she would, be with her parents, but never on the level that she is with Mia. 
Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I Emily, Kelly Bishop, oh, she's good, mm-hmm. man. She gets me. Even, like, with the the way she was, like, holding herself, like, her body language and her eyes, like, she looked like she wanted to cry, but you could tell, like, the way she was carrying her body, she was holding back tears. Mm-hmm. It was just very, very, very good acting. Yeah, th- it was kind of cool because that um, Mia and Emily, very classy women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of mirrored each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. See? It's a touching scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with Lorelai and Suki making up, I do want to point out that Lorelai did grovel. Yeah, she did. And made an apology. Pretty big one. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of... It takes yeah, a lot. It does. I think I watched some thing. I saw some TikTok, but they said, you know, friends are going to make mistakes or something. I think it was like... It was an Oprah TikTok that I saw. I think like Renee Brown. Okay. Renee Brown. I don't know. Anyways, they were talking about different friendships and whatever. But then at the end, she said that a friend who is willing to admit to their mistakes and apologize is like, it's invaluable. Right. Yep. At the end of the day, because we're all going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought that was really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a big... It was a peacekeeping episode. It was. Yeah. But this is also a very monumental thing for Emily, too. To mm-hmm. meet Mia and yeah. go to the inn and yeah. see that world of Lorelei's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A big moment. There were lots of little moments in this episode, but I feel like this is probably one of the bigger moments mm-hmm. of the episode. Yeah, it was interesting how it worked out. Mm-hmm. We saved the best scene for last. Thank goodness. I <laughs> vocally screamed. I know. My neighbors are probably like, what are they watching? <laughs> so we are at Luke Steiner. The girls are eating breakfast and Rory asks Luke where her toast is. And he says, it's going to be a minute. Because my big toaster is broken. And Dean, or not Dean, <laughs> not Dean, Jess <laughs> pushes the button or pushes the lever down on the toaster and it sticks and he pops it back up. And Luke goes, that was broken yesterday. And Jess goes, oh, it must have gotten better. He's like, inanimate objects do not just get better. Did you fix this? And he's like, I have to go to school. And he walks out. But as he walks out the door, he turns and he makes eye contact with Rory. And it... Well, she's looking at him first. She is, too. Because I know... We know that she is impressed that he fixed the toaster Mm -hmm. after all she said to him yesterday. Mm -hmm. And she's like, wow, what I'm saying is kind of having an impact on him. Mm -hmm. He's listening to me. He's changing. I can change him. (laughs) And she's grinning. And as he leaves, he notices that she's grinning. And he has this look and he does like a little up down with his eyes like over his shoulder. And it's like, 
we both were just like, I screamed. Oh. Yeah, she did. <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> and uh, the way he looked at her, mm, no. It should be illegal. It should. It has to be. Yeah. <sighs> it was good. So look for that because that'll definitely be one of the things I post on our Instagram. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. That's where it ends. And I, Lorelai looks at Rory and she's now just like totally giddy. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lorelai didn't even notice any of this. I would no. have noticed this. Uh, me too. Oh, yeah. no. How missed. could you not? Yeah. You'd feel I, it. You would feel it. I would notice it. You would feel it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like... I can't do this anymore. I wish we could ha- do the podcast with a fan because I've been, like, <laughs> sweaty this whole episode. God. I love it. I love... It's just so fun to watch because she's not supposed to like him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's exciting because you're like rory is doing something <laughs> this is like when it's like oh this is it is actually fun to like someone mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah because she didn't have this with dean this no. is different there wasn't she, like a build-up i feel like with dean she liked him because he was a boy that gave her attention and did nice things jess is hot yeah. She likes a hot, bad boy. Okay, Dean's not... Okay, I don't think he's hot. He's attractive. He's a hot guy. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It's... I mean hot differently, though. Yeah, but the, 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 with Dean... With Dean, he was just like, you know, here you go. Mm-hmm. You get it all. He's served on a silver platter. Here's, here's it all. Yep. And then with Jess... It is like, yeah, I think you're cute because he is. It's not like one of those things where it's like she has to chase him and mm-hmm. whatever. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. He is definitely like, I think you're cute, too. Mm-hmm. And there's a buildup. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous and I love it. So it's excited. so much fun. And the next episode. Uh, Wait, I think I'm an episode ahead. Hold on. Because I, I know Brace Bridge Dinner, he does another really gutsy thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Runaway little boy. Oh, that's the Romeo and Juliet one. <gasps> Ooh. We get to see some. Okay, now we're doing okay. town meeting stuff. So <laughs> let's end this part by just saying we are both sweating. And so what is the switch, though, real quick? What is the switch? What For do you Rory. Mean? <sighs> it happened in this episode. What mm-hmm. is the exact switch? The switch, I think, is when he asked her if it was funny. That was the exact switch? I think so. She was mad at him. Because he cracked her. I think it came a little bit before that, though. Do you? Do you think it's when when she, she saw him? It's when she continued arguing with him. When he went to go turn away. Yeah, that's that moment. But he doesn't ask if it was funny until the end. No, he asks if it's funny when, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I think when she goes to pull him back in, yeah, that. I -hmm. think that was. That was her being like, maybe he'll play this game with me. She heard To Kill a Mockingbird, and she was like, dang, I am hot right now. (laughs) 
he just referenced To Kill a Mockingbird. That's like if someone referenced, like some guy referenced, like, Jaws to me or something. I don't know. Okay. <sighs> Whatever. You know exactly what I mean. That's no, like if I'm someone, just... like, referenced um, BattleBots to you. BattleBots? <laughs> Bring that back. You know, I was making our lists on Pinterest. Yeah. There's not a lot of content about BattleBots <laughs> on Pinterest. So, yeah. We but should make content for it. I think you're right. That's where we end. And it's a great ending. Yeah, it made me, like, if I was watching this for the first time as a teenager. I remember being, like, 11 and sitting there, like... What am I watching? <laughs> and why is it so great? And why is it so, is it so hot in here? Like <laughs> me being a sheltered Catholic school child. <laughs> but yeah. So I get it. Mm-hmm. It was a good way to end the episode. Mm-hmm. We call this town meeting to order. For our town meeting, let's get right to it. We had only 18 references. Only 18 references this episode. That is so weird. But, you know, I think they put more importance on Mia. And she wasn't one to make references. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, all of the references we got were from Lorelai and Jess and Rory, pretty much. Yeah, it was a very low... Mm -hmm. <clears throat> a few count. from Suki, her infamous, don't tell me it's owned by that Donald Trump. <laughs> She's like, okay. Um, but yeah, so for town meeting, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about your thoughts on this Mia and Lorelai and Emily and this like triangle that they have. I'm wondering if you think in another world, would there have ever been a moment where the three of them could have like sat down together and like hashed things out? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's weird. I would hope that they could. Yeah. But I do think that this situation is one of the biggest, like, elephants in the room for their family. Yes. And, oh, I just remembered my thoughts on Mia. Okay. And Lorelai. Okay. Let's hear it. Lorelai... Puts me on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. But she's quickly forgetting that I think that if Mia was actually her mother, she probably would have been difficult with her, too. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how mothers and daughters generally are. <laughs> yeah, especially around that age. Yeah. Yeah. It would have just been a different things she was fighting well and I think too Mia helped Lorelai through a hard point but Lorelai didn't give her parents the opportunity Mm -hmm. to help it was just I'm leaving here yep I don't want to be here 
And we don't know what kind of life Lorelai could have had had she stayed with her parents. Mm -hmm. It probably would have been a lot easier and maybe she would have been unhappier, but we don't know. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of gets, sometimes I feel like there is a blurred line of how Lorelai presents, I was 16 doing it all on my own, da da da, da. Mm-hmm. But you had people that would have helped you, and mm-hmm. they aren't, I'm sorry, they're not, you don't know what bad parents are, lady. Yeah. Yep. You don't know. This is like a very (laughs) privileged situation Mm -hmm. where if she really needed to go back home, she could have sucked up her pride and gone back home and had a comfortable life. Mm -hmm. But she was, you know, going against the pressures of that society and all of those things, which I don't blame people for wanting to leave that like. Yeah. Please, if you are not happy, leave that situation. Course, yeah. But it it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. And she is very fortunate to have run into Mia and to have found someone who was willing to give her a chance and a job. And But I don't understand why she has Mia on a pedestal when... She wasn't apparent to Mia, she, or Mia wasn't apparent to her. Mia was someone who did her a favor. Mm-hmm. She's like, she, you know, just not like a mentor, but you know. Yeah. Well, I understand, uh, but it. I don't know. I I feel like yeah, she puts she puts Mia on a pedestal. I don't feel like it's. I think Mia loves her and adores her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but something is off. Yeah, it, I don't feel like it's exactly reciprocated the way Lorelai portrays it. it. To me, as an audience member or whatever, I didn't feel that reciprocated. No, because I feel like <clears throat> Lorelai is like, this is my stepmom. Like, she did everything for me. She helped me get to where I am today. And granted, we don't see that process that's just through what we hear Lorelai say but I don't feel that that same energy is reciprocated from Mia Mm -hmm. I think Mia sees her as an important asset to the inn and she loves her and she loves Rory but she left yeah like she, she moved away if she you know was like so attached she would be there yeah and I'm not putting Mia down for not having that right it's just for me i just didn't really connect to me a lot no they don't give us many opportunities in this episode to connect with Mm -hmm. mia it's more just like this is mia she raised me she's perfect yeah perfect Mm -hmm. i mean like and mia it does seem like she did want lorelei and you know emily to have a healthy relationship yeah she you know she's she's all right yeah, but, but you're right. Something is off about it, and I'm not really sure what that is. Yeah, just weird. 
Mm -hmm. Which is weird. And I wonder if Mia being in town is what kind of pushed Lorelai to have like that authentic apology conversation with Emily. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we're going to cross a little bit of this bridge now because Mia is here. I am learning that she is ready and willing to just sell the inn. Yeah. And I just have to be okay with it. Yeah. I needed somebody to talk to because I can't talk to Sookie. Mm-hmm. Well, she could talk to Luke, but... Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's interesting. I... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad Mia's gone, and... Um, I'm glad Mia's gone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't want to see Mia every week. No. I don't think that would be an interesting character. No. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. That's my thoughts on Mia. I think that Lorelai puts her on a pedestal. I don't think that she should. I Mm-mm. think that the grass is green, greener always on the other side. Yeah, and for I sure. I think she would have had the same, not the same difficulties, but it would have been a different, she would have had problems too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just I different. agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just wanted to wrap it up with Mia because we don't see her again for a few, I think a few seasons. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt like we could have met Mia under different circumstances and it would have been better. This episode just feels Weird. Yeah, it feels misplaced because even like bringing up the inn, I'm like, well, we, they, they don't even get the dragonfly for a while. Yeah, and she, Lorelai, keeps her job at the at the Independence Inn. So I don't. Rem- I, I but don't remember, know. she doesn't because her and Suki open that like catering party planning thing. Oh. So. There is, like, a limbo period there. Oh, okay. But I think the the energy of this episode feels weird, and the, the pacing of it is weird, because we're met with these soft moments of Lorelai and Mia and Rory, like, reminiscing, and then we have Luke blowing a gasket at a town meeting, and then we have Emily feeling down about this or that, and... Then we have Rory flirting with Jess, and it. this episode had too many things happening, I think. There was a lot going on, yeah. And usually it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. This was a very busy episode. Yeah. And it maybe because it feels a little bit out of the norm for Stars Hollow to be busy, that could be part of it. I don't know. Yeah, it did feel, it, it was a weird balance. Ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. I felt like I just didn't care that much about what was going on with Lorelai's story. No. <laughs> I just wanted no. to be with Jess and Rory. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's weird. The it, I think it has a lot to do with the pacing of, and also like the transitioning from scene to scene. I usually don't notice it as much, and I'm a little disappointed in my boy Michael because it felt very choppy from scene to scene. Maybe this is like he knew it was his last episode, so he felt like he was giving up. Should I read more of that poem? I don't want to believe that Michael would just give up. (laughs) I'm 
choking. Ugh, I know, but I don't know. No. So it's like a little funky, but I feel like every season of every show has like a few episodes oh, yeah. that are a little off. So oh I don't my know. Gosh, so many do. Yeah. So especially when you have twenty two in one season. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to fill it somehow. But next week, we have Season 2, Episode 9, Runaway Little Boy. And this is the Romeo and Juliet episode. So I don't... I had just watched this about a week ago, but this is a big Tristan and Dean episode. And this is where we see a switch in Dean. That is gross. I don't remember it from... I don't. I haven't watched this since my first watch, maybe. Yeah. Um, so a little, we'll have to discuss a little bit of that in. Do we get Jess in it? Um, a sprinkle. I know they do a lot of building up, but this is definitely more of the Tristan Dean. Mm -hmm. And also this is Tristan's last episode. Mm -hmm. So. Goodbye, Tristan. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen him at all. I wonder if he was auditioning and then he got the part and they're like, all right, we need to have a. Mm-hmm. A good a going away episode explain why he's leaving. Yeah. And this was it. So it's a it's a good one. Yeah, I can't I wait. enjoy it. So I love I love when a TV show ever does a play in it. Do you watch Firefly Lane? I don't. Okay. Well, let me tell you, they perform Romeo and Juliet like in a flashback in this last season. It got me good. Girl, that show, I finished it yesterday or no I finished it this morning and I will just say no spoilers but I was confused and then I went through the like nine stages of grief and uh, I'm just left with knowing that Katherine Heigl is a phenomenal actress who does not get any recognition for her work. Mm-hmm. Yep. The industry was pretty horrible. Cruel to her. Yeah. For so, having an opinion. Mm-hmm. About how women are treated. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like Gilmore Girls, I do think you would enjoy Firefly Lane, but just know that it is very emotional. And not for everybody, because it is so emotional. I can't do that right now. Yeah, no. I cannot. So, um, yeah, that's what we'll leave you with today. Uh, You can find us on Instagram and TikTok and Pinterest, uh, underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. The lists are on Pinterest. I have not, like, publicized posted about them yet but i will with this episode so you will see that coming but they are there they're ready for you to peruse and uh, i'll post the playlist link as well because that is quite literally all over the place it Mm -hmm. opens with an opera because i do it in like episode order and the first music reference is richard talking about that opera that he wanted to see so i included that so It's quite fascinating. But yeah, that's all we have for you today. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.